Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Miltite. This time, what some of the best leaders during this pandemic have in common. They get results. They don't dominate screens to build their brands. They're not in it for themselves. They're on the ground getting the system fixed so that people stop dying. And many of this group are women. Maybe a pandemic will be the trigger or the factor that actually makes people realize that we can't just have a bunch of uh, overconfident, narcissistic, egomaniac males in power when they are clueless. Women, men and leadership in crisis. Coming up on The Broad Experience. So for a few weeks now, news stories have been cropping up on this theme. Countries that are doing better with the coronavirus are often led by women. And by better, I mean getting a handle on the virus early and suffering relatively few deaths. Countries that are usually cited in these articles include Taiwan, Iceland, Finland, Norway, Germany and New Zealand. A couple of the pieces that have come out on this topic recently were written by two former guests on this show, Thomas Chamorro Premazic and Aviva Wittenberg-Cox. Aviva runs 21st, a firm that helps organisations achieve more gender balance. She's a Canadian, now based in the UK after years of living in Paris. Thomas is Argentinian by birth. He's chief talent scientist for Manpower Group, also a psychologist and author of the book, why do so many incompetent men become leaders? Now, Aviva, Tomas and I are, of course, all self-isolating, working from home in our separate locations. But we got together online last week. So, Aviva, in your piece, you come across as being really gung-ho about women being superior leaders during this particular crisis, the pandemic. What stands out to you in particular I actually wouldn't exactly frame it that way. Um, I think what I was, what what I find very interesting about cr- any crisis in general is that it's always very revelatory. It reveals countries, companies, couples as they are, um, and who can step up into a difficult situation and who falls back or out. I kept getting and reading more and more news stories about all these different women all over the world doing innovative, interesting new things that were in such stark contrast to some of the worst examples of leadership that we're seeing right now, which were mostly male. And so it was not that there's not good forms of male leadership, but some of the emerging women leaders are offering a new tone and some really, really inspiring leadership. 
And I think that's a, just a wonderful thing to keep in mind as we all go to our voting booths in the next few years. Well, yes, you, you end your piece by saying we need to vote for more of this. But can I just get you to pick a couple of women leaders and talk about how they stand out? Well, I'd say um, everybody's writing about Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand. She's young. She's fresh. She's new. She's a mother. She's had a baby in power. And in this particular crisis, she's been unbelievably clear, truthful, decisive, powerful, and empathetic and loving. And here I'm just going to break in and play a little clip from a Facebook Live that Jacinda Ardern did from home in late March. She was talking to New Zealanders about the virus. She apologised for her casual clothing. She said she'd just put her daughter to bed. Then she began talking about the virus and what New Zealanders needed to do to combat the spread. She reassured them. All of the efforts that we're putting in should eventually show if we all follow um, the rules. Um, Till then, do check in on your neighbours. Do especially check in on those who may be elderly. Give them a call, see what their needs are. Um, And if you can help them, go out and grab their essentials and pop them on the front door for them. Um, And I think it's that combination of things that we don't see that much of. Um, The combination of power and what I termed love. I think especially in political leaders, you're getting a sense that they're motivated either by love or by hate. And there are some that are creating very divisive currents in the face of this current fear. And other leaders are really attaching themselves to love. So I think Jacinda Ardern was one of those. I think Angela Merkel in Germany was another very clear, very careful, very uh, both compassionate and absolutely decisive in the face of the crisis they were facing. So some of the strengths that I wanted to pull out about these women are typically masculine strengths, straight-talking truth-tellers, very decisive, and a very strong use of technology to help them, all the testing, tracking, um, social media assistance, are three stereotypically male leadership qualities that I think all of these women have used very powerfully. Thomas, what do you think? When I read your piece on this topic, I read you as being a little more tentative on this subject of women being better, more effective leaders during this time. What do you think? So look, I think uh, it's a very nuanced issue. I think we need to start by asking Why is this question interesting? Why are we asking whether women are doing a better job managing the pandemic or not? I think there are two potential reasons for this or two potential motivations for asking these questions. One is to find out what's working so that other leaders, male or female, can emulate it and help their countries or help their people. Since nobody knows what the solution is or what ultimately will be very effective because we're still hitting on a moving target, that is a very important question. The second one, which I'm less sympathetic with, is the old uh, war between the genders. 
oh, let's see so that we can reach a conclusion of whether as to whether men are better than women or vice versa. And to be clear, the main reason I object to that question is because we know the answer already. And we're not going to answer it with 10 or 15 women in a sample of 190 or 195 men. And I will maybe end this first answer by saying that the question that I've been asked a lot during this pandemic is, do we need a different type of leader now? Should we throw away and ditch our old leadership models because this is an unprecedented crisis and circumstance? And when I think about the attributes that are needed to lead effectively in a crisis, I agree with the list that Aviva provided in her article, but I would sum it up by saying we need leaders to be intelligent, ethical, empathetic, so that's the love part, and humble. So yes, we need a different type of leader because mostly we don't have that in our leaders. And now uh, the emperor has no clothes because leaders are under scrutiny like never before. And people, even though they want to trust their governments and their politicians because they're desperate, they see that there is a lot of incompetence in the world of political leadership. And that is not so much the case among female leaders. Thomas, I want to stick with you for a minute. When I met you last year, among many other things, we talked about Angela Merkel, the German chancellor, and you pointed out that she's she's not terribly charismatic, which is a leadership trait that human beings seem to value very much and that is found very often in male leaders, be they effective or not. And you said, look, no one is going to want to make a movie about Angela Merkel, but she's got this understated, quiet competence. And particularly now, her background as a scientist is what's really come to the fore in this current crisis. She's telling it like it is. German people seem to believe her. And she has a background in science. Yeah. So, you know, I think uh, what's interesting about her now is not only that she is in that rare small group of female heads of states, uh, but also she's arguably the best performing head of state. If you look at statistics, probably one of the longest serving. Yeah, exactly. Pro probably one of the longest serving. So it's not like she can say or she can be accused of inheriting a good system. You know, she's been there for a while. And even if you look at uh, style, how she handled it, a very tough, short, concise, fact-based communication. So very different, not just from Trump, but also Andrew Cuomo, who spends an hour a day talking to us about his mom and recipes for pasta. And uh, his popularity ratings are up despite the dismal performance of New York. And uh, probably Angela Merkel doesn't have what she deserves, right? I mean, we, we forget about it. And I've seen a recent McKinsey study saying, ah, yeah, because Germany has so many intensive care unit beds, they're doing very well. Uh, so do many other countries. And I think what you could rightly ask is whether the causal relationship is inverted and whether a country that has a certain level of education, resources, uh, equality and rationality is more likely to elect people like Merkel to begin with. Uh, that I'm open to, and uh, we're not saying that these leaders were thrown out of the blue and came out of nowhere. Same with Jacinda in New Zealand. You know, there are certain conditions, or the case of Finland, there are certain conditions that enable more equality, more gender equality, and more competence in leadership as well. And by the way, they're part of the same uh, syndrome, I think. Aviva? 
Well, I think political systems are a lot like corporate systems and national political systems are more or less, as Thomas was saying, more or less, not only male dominated, but hyper masculinized aggressive, assertive. Look what goes on in the UK. I mean, these very small chambers where they really perfect the art of yelling at each other all day long. I mean, that is not going ever to attract a really large group of highly talented women who today are in huge demand in every well-paying company of the globe. So talent goes where it's wanted. And that's one of the tragedies of the current political context is they don't want women at a time in history where women represent some of the best brains and the majority of the educated population in an ever expanding number of countries around the planet. So we're actually removing 60% of the talent from our political talent pools and recruiting from an ever-shrinking 40% minority, which will never guarantee the best. And the more it becomes this hyper-male, aggressive, you know, stereotypical sort of place, um, like certain sectors in the business world, the more it will alienate good men as well, because this is not an issue about gender. It's about where does smart talent go, whether it's male or female, and what kind of culture does it want to work in? And everybody wants to work in smart places with gender balance as a norm, where there aren't these extremes, either of femininity or masculinity, in these completely outdated, backward-looking traditions. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Thomas, it's interesting you talk about Andrew Cuomo. I was going to bring up Cuomo as an example of someone whose popularity has really soared during this crisis. And and as someone who's displaying some of what are most often seen as stereotypical feminine qualities as well. I do have to admit, I haven't been watching him regularly, so I didn't know about the pasta recipes. Well, so I think he's a very interesting phenomenon, right? And he's become a phenomenon right now and has a cult-like status, um, at least in the US. And his briefing has been have been celebrated very widely. And I hope, by the way, that I am able to comment on this and other political leaders in a fairly apolitical way, which is what I try to do. I am aware of the fact that... Uh, it sometimes is not easy to do so, or the perception might be that I'm not being objective. But I want to I want to make a few remarks, I think, on him. I think there's no question that his popularity rose a lot since the crisis started. 
And there's no question that New York is, the state, is not performing well, you know, with the pandemic. How is it possible that this guy is so popular? Well, I think there are a lot of competing explanations which make a lot of sense. First, his style is the opposite, in a way, to Donald Trump's style. Although they're both charismatic white males, but, you know, the style is very much, one is all about bad news, um, you know, tough love, uh, fact-based, consistent, and uh, logical. And the other is uh, at the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Uh, people accuse Trump of politicizing the crisis, but so has Cuomo. Cuomo has turned himself into the Trump anti-hero, and immediately everybody who dislikes Trump in the country loves Cuomo, no matter what. And then I think that uh, Cuomo, much like other politicians, exploit what politicians do very well, which is when things aren't going well, it's not my fault. It's just I inherited a broken system and there is not enough hospital capacity or there's a lot of density or the weather conditions are not good here, etc., etc., etc. And when they're going well, it's because of what I did. That's not something that is exclusive to Cuomo, but it's something that is typical in politicians. By the way, especially male political leaders, we don't see it that often in women either. But the very the, the analysis that I like to do at the end of this is how did countries do when they focus on style and on the other hand, substance, right? So charisma or confidence on one side and substance and competence on the other. So Aviva, talking about sort of these outward characteristics, charisma and confidence, I have to ask you about Boris Johnson. You're in my home country, so you've been living through the pandemic over there. Well, I think he falls into one of these camps of the the counterpoint to everything we've been saying about what's emerging from all these women we're admiring um, is not what we've seen in the UK. It was not decisive. Uh, he did not speak the truth. The original flubbing around around the whole topic of we weren't going to do anything, we're not going to lock down, um, we're going to have this idea of herd immunity that um, kind of freaked a lot of people out. Uh, what does that mean? Are we just going to let people die so we can become immune? So I think that created a tremendous amount of fear. And then there was inconsistency in the government. The whole tech issue has been just a, a disaster in the UK. We don't have enough people. PPE, we did the machines, the ventilators that were ordered haven't arrived, they haven't been built. It's a not very happy story and it hasn't been very well managed. And I, I certainly don't think it's been done with any degree of love or empathy by any of the poor figures who are standing all male usually at the end of every day trying to explain, you know, the hundreds and hundreds of deaths per day. There's not a lot of love or holding of the population to make them feel in any way that they can trust this team. It's not like trust levels were high before this crisis, but I think now they're going to be really hard to recuperate. And that's a dangerous, dangerous place to be. I was rather hoping that he'd come out of his serious brush with this disease and his intensive care hospital stay with a different approach. Well, the, the strangest thing is his popularity rose only because he was sick. So, I mean, it is it is interesting to see how popularity levels. So I, I think it's funny that Cuomo, who I would suggest is also tapping into the stereotypically feminine playbook by, 
you know, talking about his mother all the time and his pasta recipes and goes on and on and on chatting. I mean, those are, if a woman was doing that, she would be absolutely lambasted. And then on the other hand, why is Boris Johnson ticking up? Because he was sick. How's that for a leadership criteria? It's a great point, Aviva. And I think, you know, on the Cuomo, clearly he's, he's seen as empathetic and has been kind and caring, which you're right, is a traditionally more feminine quality. But it's quite interesting that uh, we are now more welcoming of that trait in men. And also that maybe because the bar is so low and uh, leaders offer so little, you have one leader who has mastered that one trait and we don't care about anything else, you know, results or, uh, you know, politicizing or even a clear degree of narcissism that you can see there where he, I mean, he will be a great talk uh, show host, right? <laughs> there all the time. I think that uh, people are satisfied just with love, right? Showing love. So, you know, I mean, and I think that's, again, goes back to people are forced to having to trust a leader when things are really, really tough and bad because they have no other alternative. Yeah. And I, I would say for some of us, at least, it's like a breath of fresh air after the leadership we've been seeing nationally. It's like you're running into the arms of this person who is such a contrast in his approach to the head of the federal government. I agree, you know, but that again, uh, that that's... That's what I meant when I said the bar is very low, right? Because I think, uh, and also it's very cultural to the average Dane, Finn or German to see Cuomo doing jokes and briefings every day while the state is collapsing uh, is unthinkable, is unthinkable. But it works in, it works in New York. I was going to say some of what you were talking about with Cuomo does strike me as being very American. And an American audience responds well to that. But you're right, so many other cultures wouldn't. Which is important as well, right? Because maybe if you could have the luxury of a controlled uh, experiment and switch leaders around, which, you know, some people would appreciate more than others, right? So imagine we switch Putin with Boris or Merkel with Trump. Uh, you probably couldn't judge their effectiveness because they're so uh, inherent to the culture they come in, even regardless of whether they have been democratically chosen or not. The style part of it is uh, very context-specific, I think. Whether you have people who are high-performing or low-performing, there's a stylistic element that I think is very cultural. Well, and i just like to add that these... What is what these two leaders you've been talking about in the U.S., uh, Trump and Cuomo, share, I think, from an external perspective is they are both after image. They are both crafting images and popularity in their own uh, areas, and they're using the tools to do that, whatever, whatever it takes. Um, I don't think those are leadership skills. I think those are political skills in keeping and holding power. And that's a very different motivation, I would suggest, than what I was pointing to among the women and the men who've managed their countries much, much better, is they get results. They don't take up airspace. They don't dominate screens to build their brands. They're not in it for themselves. They're on the ground 
getting the system fixed so that people stop dying. We're all going to end up being able to judge all of these leaders on very clear data. One thing that jumped out at me from a piece I read in the Washington Post, and it's by a Harvard Kennedy School lecturer, is this point she made that women have less runway to screw up. There have been studies about this. We know this is true of women leaders. And she was citing that as potentially one of the reasons women were proving so focused and effective is that they knew they had less room to mess up. I mean, you know, that might be true, but uh, I don't think that will be a major contributing factor to the performance of women. I think it has to, it's, it's far deeper than that. Look, in many instances, even if we end up seeing that the strong performance of female leaders perpetuates and sustains until the end, and maybe the gap widens, that, that it's so clear to even people who don't want to see it and believe it, that women did better than men, even then you could logically argue that that's a very function or consequence of uh, sexism in the system. Because in order to get to these positions, women have to be better, smarter, more qualified to begin with, you know? So the fact that then they they are under more scrutiny and uh, the stakes are higher and uh, if they fail, they will make things harder for millions of women who aspire to leadership elsewhere, that might be true but I think it's a minor and trivial matter. And if I can, I'll pile up on top of that. I think it's such a strong characteristic, particularly in Anglo-Saxon countries, dominated by the two we live in, the US and the UK, where women are so uncomfortable, and men too, by the way, with the idea that we can talk about differences between men and women. Oh my God, like, it's just like, oh no, you've got to, especially if you're a woman, say that there are no differences at all, et cetera, et cetera, which, you know, whether it's nature or nurture, nobody's going to argue very long that men and women aren't socialized in dramatically different ways that creates different skills and behaviors. Um, That doesn't necessarily make us innately different, but it might make us innately skilled for leadership in the 21st century, which I think is true. One and two, um, Why wouldn't we want to use what is today the majority of the brains on the planet to be more represented on the political stage? Today, there are 545 million people who have a female political leader ruling their countries or running their countries. That is only 7% of the population. Women are 60% of university graduates globally. That gap between the 60% of what we want running organizations and countries and the 7% we've currently managed to be able to get there is our human potential. That is what we can hope to have in the future. Better leaders because they'll be more gender balanced because the world today is more gender balance. It's got nothing to do with any kind of war between men and women, that men are better, women are better. That's so, that's such a reduction of the conversation is men and women need to be in power representationally to their percentage and skills. 
and we're completely failing that measure. And that's why we're all suffering from lousy leadership. And I, and I would add, Ashley, that uh, if it is true that uh, women are under higher pressure because we are tougher and stricter and more demanding with female heads of states and uh, we don't allow them to, to fail, I'm fine with that, but let's apply that same standard to men. So the issue is not that uh, we hold them accountable and there's a lot of pressure on all these female heads of states. That's okay. After all, they have a big job and they're responsible for a lot of lives. The problem is that men might know or might feel that if they do a bad job, it doesn't matter. They get another job or they go on the speaking circuit. Which has been known to happen. As we got towards the end of our conversation, I asked my guests if either of them had a question for the other. They did. And I'm including Aviva's question and Thomas's answer because they're specifically related to our topic. So, Thomas, my question for you is, do you think this will fundamentally change people's vision of women's leadership? Now that we've gone through this insane crisis, will we trust and elect more women? So I think... I think it will help drive incremental progress forward. I don't think it will dramatically change things and uh, that uh, all the chauvinists in the world uh, will wake up being feminists tomorrow or, uh, you know, w- once we have the final data on this. It could be it could be the new kind of uh, symbolic case study equivalent to, you know, people still talk about Churchill as an example of situational factors that determine a different type of leader because he was an unemployable drunk and, you know, basically uh, was a key figure in World War II. Maybe a pandemic will be the trigger or the factor that actually reminds people or makes people realize that we can't just have a bunch of uh, overconfident, narcissistic, uh, egomaniac males in power when they are clueless. Maybe maybe that, that will be it. And I hope so. Or really smart and dangerous autocrats. That's our choice right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd vote for women. I don't know why most men wouldn't. That might be a whole nother podcast, Aviva. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Aviva and Thomas for being my guests on this show. You can hear more from Thomas in episode 148. That's called So Many Incompetent Leaders. And Aviva's last appearances were in episodes 120, and 121. I will post links to my guests' articles on the topic of female leadership in the pandemic under this episode at thebroadexperience.com. If you have a comment, you can always leave one on the website or you can email me at ashley at thebroadexperience.com or tweet me or post to the Facebook page. Thanks to all those of you who have supported the show with a donation and especially to those who donate something to The Broad Experience each month. I truly appreciate it. This show is now eight years old as of April and I would never have got here without you. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening. See you next time.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 